You're listening to the Central City Assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God the Father. Good morning, church family. Hello, thank you. It's good to see all of you this morning. Isn't it good to just be with your church family in the presence of the Lord? Man, I know we can do all this stuff at home and like in our car, but there's nothing like just singing praises to God with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, A taste of heaven, a taste of what's to come. Um, I love coming on Sundays just to be with all of you. So, um, all right, church family, I, I need y'all, I'm from Texas, so I say y'all and fixin' to, uh, but I need y'all to help me out this morning, okay? Um, I need you to get excited, and I need you to prepare your heart, soul, and mind, because God is the God of what's next. God is the God of what's next. Um, that's the question we'll be digging into this morning, what's next? Uh, What's next for me? What's next for you? What does 2020 hold for all of us? Uh, And I'm thankful that God is the God of what's next. What do I mean by that? Uh, Well, I'm thankful that in key moments in my life, uh, some of them awesome, some of them awful, uh, God always had a next for me. He always had a next for me. Uh, When I finished high school, for example, I'm thankful that God didn't say, you know what? In your 17 years of life, that's it. You're done. No more, okay? There's nothing else for you, right? God didn't say that. Um, No, he had college in mind for me, so I started college. Then after my first year of college, when I realized the whole thing was going to cost way more than me or my family could afford, um, rather than thinking, well, you know, this is it. This is the the end of the road for my life, right? This is where my, my peak. No, God was like, How about you join the military and let that be provision from me for you to get your college paid for? So I was like, all right, God, let's go. Let's go. So I joined the military, had a successful six-year enlistment period. Uh, I learned a lot, gained life skills. It brought me here to Tucson where I got plugged into this amazing church. I I met my wife here. We got married, started a family Uh, got that provision for college that that God was showing me. It was an awesome what's next season of life for me. But at the same time, before I met Annette, I had some sin in my life that I fell slave to, a sexual sin that kept me in bondage and away from God's purpose for my life. And every time I would fall and fail, I'm so thankful that God didn't say, that's it for you, right? You're done. But he was inviting me into what was next for my life, into freedom, into victory, into healing, into restoration. God is the God of what's next, right? And then after six years in the military, there God was again. And again, he was inviting me into what's next. Uh, Restart college, God? Okay, let's go, right? Oh, and my firstborn son would be born two weeks after college started? Super. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Um, Oh, and you want me to pursue a degree in something I had never thought about before in my entire life, creative writing? Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's figure it out. I don't know what for or why, but let's do it. Made it through college, and when I thought 
I had everything planned and figured out for what was next in my life and my family's life. Uh, God reminded me, hey, you're not the God of what's next, I am. Right? Right? How about instead of you pursuing your what's next, you pursue what I have for you? So I'm like, okay. Gentle reminder. Thank you, God. Um, what is that what's next? Become a pastor. Uh, what? You're stealing my story. Um, <laughs> Become a pastor. I was like, but God, I think my what's next is way better than yours. He's like, how about you rethink that answer? I said, okay, all right. And then now after, you know, almost four years of pastoring this amazing church called Central City Assembly with some of the most amazing people I've ever met before, God has finally said, that's it for you. You're done. No more. No, right? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't say that. He's always, every single year, invited me and my family. Some of you thought I was leaving, right? No, everything's fine. Um, but every year, God has invited us into what's next, right? Because God is the God of what's next. And not just for me, but also for you. Right now, God is moving in your life, whether you feel him or not. He is speaking to you, and when you are thinking, what's next? God is like, I know. I know what's next for you. Follow me. Pursue me. Come after me, and I'll show you what's next, right? But here's the deal. In order to experience that what's next season, in order to, to grow and develop in your walk with God, you have to put yourself in the right kind of environment for growth to happen. Uh, listen to what Psalm chapter 92 verse 13 says. It says, they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. Another way of saying that is where you are planted is where you will grow. Where you are planted is where you will grow. So if you're planted in the house of the Lord, which are the things of God, you will grow in those things. But if you're planted in the things not of God, bitterness, unforgiveness, ungratefulness, jealousy, the kids are learning about that today, greed, sinfulness, that's where you'll grow. That's what you'll grow in, right? Makes sense, right? Where, where are you planted this morning? Where are you? Uh, in the state of California, there's this desolate place called Death Valley. Who's ever been to Death Valley before? Okay. All right. It's an awful place. I've never been there before, but it's in the title. You can kind of tell, right? Death Valley. Um, it's the driest, hottest place in America. Uh, you think Tucson is bad. Try hanging out in De Death Valley for a while. I, there's actually a running race that goes through Death Valley. Did you know? Yeah, crazy people. Uh, anyways, but the reason why it's called Death Valley is because it's in a constant state of drought. Constant state of drought. Um, it never rains, so nothing can grow and thrive there. Uh, here's a picture of Death Valley if you've never seen it before. Lovely vacation spot right there, right? Keep that one up for just a minute. Well, in the winter of 2004, uh, a phenomenon happened. Uh, experts aren't even sure how it happened, but uh, seven inches of rain fell in a short amount of time, which were like, rain? What, I don't understand. Seven inches is a lot of rain in a short amount of time. It's a lot of rain. Now, nothing happened right away, but by the spring of 2005, uh, there was another phenomenon. Uh, here's the same place. Look at that. That's the exact, this is called a super bloom, if you don't know what that's called. 
Right? And what they realized, and this is just a few months later, but what they realized was that Death Valley wasn't dead. Death Valley was dormant. So right beneath the surface of the ground were actually, listen to this, seeds of potential that just needed to be in the right environment to grow. Do you see where I'm going with this this morning? And as we begin this year of focused equipping, like I talked about last week during our 2020 vision message, if you missed it, you need to listen to it. It's foundational for our church family for this year. You can go online to our website or the podcast and give it a listen. Um, But in this year of equipping, my job is to help you get into that right environment for growth, for equipping, so that the best version of you happens not just for yourself, but for the glory of God and the good of the people around you. And the big idea I want us to wrap our minds around today is that all of us are somewhere on a spiritual continuum. All of us are, are on a spiritual continuum. All of us are somewhere in everything that God has for us. We are all in the process of what's next that God has for us. And the key is to recognize where you are in that continuum and then to take the next step. And that's my goal today. My goal is that every single one of us would leave this place knowing exactly where we are in this journey of life and provision and purpose that God has given us, but then also to leave here knowing what's the next step you need to take in everything that God has for you. Because God is the God of what's next. In fact, I love the next verse after Psalm chapter 92, verse 13, because in verse 14 it says, they will bear fruit even in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. God is the God of what's next. He is not done with you yet. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Your life isn't supposed to be stale or dead. Your life is meant to be full and flourishing with everything that God has for you, right? So the title of today's message is, What's Next? Are we ready to discover what's next for us in this season? Amen? All right, let's, let's just go to God one more time. Let's invite him here uh, in this place. Now that we know what we're going to talk about, let's ask him to lead us in our thoughts this morning. God, we thank you that you are the God of what's next. We thank you that we can keep moving. We can keep growing. God, we thank you that you've given us the power, the ability of free choice. That, yeah, we can stay where we are. But, God, you invite us into bigger, greater, better things for our good, for your glory, God. So right now, even before we get into points and all those things, I pray that you would help us to see where we are right now. God, I pray that, that just everything that we've experienced so far in 2020, Lord, I pray that you'd let it get into our minds right now. And God, right now, would you begin to give us vision for what's next? Would you show us that next step that you're calling us to take? And I believe, God, you're going to give us the power to take those steps, the courage to take those steps this morning. So we thank you, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Um, so where are we now? And where does God want to take us? What's next? Uh, And if you read the Bible from the beginning to the end, uh, what you'll find is that God pretty much wants the same thing for all of us. The same thing for all of us. Um, Yes, God, like we talked about last week, God has given you ministry for your life. 
He's equipped you for that ministry. He's given you natural talents, spiritual talents to fulfill that ministry that might look different from other people, but God ultimately wants the same thing for everybody, and that's what we're going to explore today. Um, in a general sense, God has four things that he wants you to experience in this journey that all of us are on. So I want to read a passage in the Bible where we find an example of this, um, the four things that God wants for us. We'll, we'll break those down. So go ahead and open your Bible to the book of Paul's, uh, or I'm sorry, Paul's letter uh, to the Ephesians. It's okay to have your phone out here at this church, as long as you're reading Bible and not looking up last night's UFC fight or something like that, okay? Um, but bring your phone out if you use a digital Bible. If you need a physical Bible, we've got physical Bibles on the back tables. Please take one of those. It's our gift to you. Use it. Grow in reading the Word of God, all right? If you have a friend who needs a Bible, take one of those and give it to a friend. Throw one of our invite cards in there and be like, hey, come to church with me, all right? Um, so Ephesians. We were there last week in the message. Um, we're here again. In 2018, we went through a whole sermon series on Ephesians, and, and you would think, man, we've, just, we've learned everything we need to know about the book of Ephesians. But what's cool about the Bible and God's word is that there's always something good, always something new for us to learn. Um, so Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to start reading at verse 17. Now remember, uh, Paul is the author of this letter. He was an apostle of Jesus, which in one sense means that he saw Jesus with his own eyes. He came face to face with Jesus. But in another sense, uh, it, it means like what we talked about last week, he is an equipper. He's an equipper. One of the spiritual gifts given to the church to equip her is the gift of apostle. So keep that in mind as we read this passage. Paul is trying to equip us here, okay? So starting in verse 17, Paul's in the middle of a prayer, and he says this. He says, I pray that the God of King Jesus, our Lord, the Father of glory, would give you in your spirit the gift of being wise, of seeing things people can't normally see. Paul is saying, I wish you would understand this journey that every single person is on, because not everybody can see it, and I want you to see it, right? These four things that God wants for you. Right, and then he, he lists, starts listing off these four things. Because you are coming to know him. The first step in this journey that God is taking for us, this what's next, is to know God. To know God. And Paul uses the word there, to know, which for us is like, who cares, right? It's not a big deal. But to first century Christians, that would have been an almost scandalous idea scandalous because the greek word for to know is gnosko everybody say that fun word gnosko right which means to know intimately intimately and during paul's time that was a foreign concept because god in any religion was always this distant figure that was hard to get to but paul was saying no you can be close and intimate you can know god gnosko and what makes it slightly more scandalous is that Paul uses the same word in other parts of his writing to talk about the relationship between a husband and wife that leads to children and all of that fun stuff, right? But it is more than a sexual term, right? It's an intimate term where you take your knowledge of God from just here in your head to right here in your heart. 
Right? And to hear Paul say that you can gnosko, know God, people would have been like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. How cool. Right? So knowing God intimately is the first step in this spiritual journey, this what's next journey that God has for us. Uh, then Paul says, secondly, in verse 18, he says, and to have the eyes of your inmost self open to God's light. That's the second step, which is to have the eyes of your inmost self or to have your heart open to the light of God and be healed by God. And Paul is making a very important distinction here because when we think of seeing, we think of seeing with the eyes in our heads. But Paul isn't talking about head knowledge, right? That, that head seeing. He's talking about seeing with our hearts, which sounds weird, but it, it's something that we all do, right? Everyone here this morning is looking at the world, not through their physical eyes, but through the eyes of their hearts, right? In fact, all of you are looking at me right now. My wife is like, dang, but all you are like, I, I, I'm like, you're looking through your heart Based on your past experience, you're looking through your, the eyes of your heart based on your past, your problems, your pains, your circumstances that you're going through right now. All of us look at the world and we see the same thing, but we see it differently than the people around us, right? And what Paul is saying is that once you know God intimately, first step, then you can start working on getting your heart healed, getting your heart right. Then you can start growing and healing and changing so that you no longer look at the world around you through your past, your problems, and your pains, but you can see it in God's light the way he sees the world around you. Right? Then your life doesn't have to be dictated right, on what you've been through. It can be dictated by who's in you, right? who's molding you, shaping you, changing you for his glory and your good. Okay, then, then Paul keeps going in verse 18, and he says, then, then, which means you can't get to step number three until you've gone through steps one and two. So once you know God intimately, and he starts healing your heart, he continues in verse 18 and says, then you will know exactly what the hope is that goes with God's call. Paul's saying not only can you know God and have him heal your heart, but you can know that he created you for a purpose and on purpose, right? Your life is not random. Your life is not accidental, but you were created on purpose for a purpose, right? Step three is walking in purpose, walking in purpose. But again, you can't get to step number three until you've gone through steps one and two, Okay, so get this. It's virtually impossible for you to see God's plan and purpose for your tomorrow if you're still looking through the lens of yesterday. Right? If you are still looking through that lens of past problems and pains and not through the lens of God's light in your heart, then you can't see what lies ahead of you. And some of you are starting 2020 and you're like, I'm not seeing it. I can't, I can't see the purpose that God has for me in my life. And it might be that you haven't gone through step two yet. You haven't gone through that process of giving your heart to God, not just in salvation, but in healing, sanctification, restoration, right? 
of going to God and asking him to help you deal with the pain of yesterday so you can see the purpose of tomorrow. But once you do, once you do, Paul says, then you will know exactly what the hope is that goes with God's call. And I like the way that that translation connects hope and calling. It connects the two, hope and calling. Do do you see that? Right? It's the hope that goes with God's call. Hope and calling aren't separated. They go hand in hand. And, And think about that for a moment. What Paul is saying is that if you want to find hope in this world, it's not going to happen through looking at your circumstances. Because many of us, and I know some of your stories, many of us can look at our circumstances and it doesn't seem all that hopeful, right? But hope isn't connected to circumstances, it's connected to calling. It's connected to knowing why you are here on this planet. And once you know that you were born on purpose for a purpose, then you will have hope. So the progression, the the what's next journey, is that you would first know God intimately. Second, allow God to heal your heart and help you deal with the past problems and pains of your life. Then third, you'll be able to see the hope, the purpose that God has for you in the world. Then Paul ends verse 18 saying this, saying, I pray you will know the wealth of the glory of his inheritance in his holy people. And that's the fourth step, okay? It's that you would know that you have an inheritance, and that inheritance is not yours alone, uh, but that the people of God, his holy people, the church, right, the, the community of God's children connected together have an inheritance, and that inheritance makes a difference in the world around them. What's that inheritance? Well, Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. Ask of me. God is saying, ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, your inheritance, and the ends of the earth your possession. Get this. God's saying, people coming to know Jesus as Savior and Lord will be your inheritance. Your parents and family members knowing Jesus will be your inheritance. Your neighbors, coworkers, classmates will be your inheritance. A Tucson full of followers of Jesus will be your inheritance. And the rewards of that will be incredible, beyond something that we think of worldly inheritance or rewards. The fourth thing that God wants for you is an inheritance or to make a difference in the world, to make a difference in the world. That's the, this is the, the what's next journey that God is taking all of us on. The four things that he desires for you. To know God intimately. To heal your heart. To walk in purpose. And to make a difference. That's God's heart for you. And what I love about that journey is that every person can relate to that. Every person. These four things are not just uh, cr- things that Christians want. But everyone, to some degree, wants them. And I love how Paul communicates this journey in Ephesians 1 because he doesn't use Christianese language like salvation and sanctification and deliverance, right? If you walk up to somebody in the world saying, do you want deliverance, they might pepper spray you in the face because that's just, that's not normal, right? That's not how we talk to people. More importantly, people don't know that they need deliverance, right? Right? But everyone, 
everyone is trying to know God, or at least their version of whoever God is. Everyone. Not everyone wants deliverance, but everyone wants freedom or a healed heart. Everyone wants and is looking for purpose in life. Even non-believers want that. And everyone wants to make a difference in the world around them. Every single person, believer or non-believer, has an inherent desire to make a difference. In fact, uh, secular sociologists have proven that the highest need that people want met in their lives is to live their lives in such a way that makes a difference, right? That leaves a legacy, that has an impact, an inheritance. It makes a difference in the world, the thing that makes people lay their heads down at night uh, feeling as if they've done well is having helped somebody or served someone or blessed someone. Right? For years, sociologists thought that the highest need that could be met uh, is just when you win. When you win, when you have all the money that you want, all the things that you want, the, the perfect job, the perfect family, but now they're seeing that there's one that's even higher, even better, Right, that you could have absolutely nothing in the world, but if you're making a difference in the world, you'll go to bed happy and satisfied with your life. And do you know what secular sociologists call that? They call it transcendence, which we know that they're just trying to put words to something, a powerful thing that God has put in every single person, and that's to make a difference in the world. Right, everyone is trying to know God. Everyone wants a healthy heart. Everyone is looking for purpose, and everyone wants to make a difference in the world. But there is a process. There's a journey that we all have to go through, right? And you can't jump from one step all the way to another one. you got to go through each one of them in sequence, right? Because you can't have a healthy heart until you know the one who can heal your heart, right? You can't walk in the purpose God has set before you until you've dealt with the things behind you. And you can't make a difference in the world until you know you were born on purpose for a purpose. It's a journey. What's next? What's next? And every one of us is somewhere on that journey. All of us. Every one of us can look at these four things and determine where we are in that journey. Do I know God? How's my heart? Am I walking in purpose? Am I making a difference in the world around me? It's a journey. Okay, but these are also blessings that God has for each one of us. Because it's a blessing to know God. It's a blessing to know God. Right? It's a blessing to have a healed heart. It's a blessing to walk in purpose. It's a blessing to make a difference in the world. God's not demanding these things from you. He wants them for you, right? Not only that, but I want it for you too. Right? This church body, this church family wants those things for you too. Yes, our, our purpose is to magnify and multiply Jesus for the good of our city. If you didn't know that, now you do. Um, and that's what we talked a little bit about last week in our 2020 uh, vision message. Right? We all want that, but it's a process. It's a journey. And we as a church exist to help you walk through that journey. We also want you to know God, have a healthy heart, walk in purpose, um, and to make a difference in the world. Right? Which when you think about it, or at least when I think about it, it sounds a lot like love, grow, 
give, go. Right? Which is what we call our process to our purpose. That if we want to fulfill this purpose of magnifying and multiplying Jesus for the good of our city, this is how we get there. This is how we go through that process. Right? Let me show you what that looks like. All right? So when we say love here at CCA, we mean love God. Love God. We don't want you to just have head knowledge of God. We want you to have that heart knowledge of God, gnosko, intimate knowing like we talked about earlier, which is why we choose this powerful word called love. It's more than just knowing, right? It's love. And some here or maybe listening online, you need to take that first step. Right? You see and you've listened to this message and you're like, man, I, I want to know God more. Or I want healing in my heart. I want purpose. I want to make a difference in the world. But you got to take that first step of knowing Jesus, right? And that's the what's next that God has for you in your life. And my encouragement to you today is let's go. Just, just come on already, right? Why, what are we waiting for? Why not give God a try for once, right, and see what he does? God already knows you intimately. He knows you inside and out. And guess what? I love this. He's not afraid of it. He sees every single part of you, and he's not like, oh, nope. No, he's like, come to me. God already knows you intimately, but you can know him intimately too. And guess what? We are here for you. This church is here for you. That's why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. Right? We worship we pray, we learn about God through his word, we take communion together, we fellowship together, all in order to create an environment for you to flourish and for you to love God. That's what all of this is about. Right, so take that first step today if you haven't already. And I know I'm talking already to a lot of people who know God and love God. A lot of us have taken that first step. But what's next? What's next? So when we say, say grow, we mean to grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally in your walk with God. Growing means to go through that process of dealing with your past problems and pains. Right? Getting that healthy heart we've been talking about because that's something that God wants for you. And guess what? We are here for you. This church family is here for you. We want that as well. And the way we help you take that next step is saying, uh, keep coming to church more than you miss because a lot of that growth will happen on Sunday mornings. But also, get plugged into a growth group, which is our version of small groups. Because in those smaller group settings is where you'll be able to ask your questions about faith and God and life. Get this in a safe environment where you won't be judged or pushed away. You'll be able to, to talk through your past problems and pains with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who care about you. I've been very transparent with my past of pornography addiction and how that led to an unhealthy heart for me. And do you know how I found healing for my heart? It wasn't on a Sunday morning during a worship gathering, although that was helpful. It wasn't making sure I spent every single day in the word of God uh, spending time with him, although that was helpful. It wasn't even uh, confessing my sins to God and asking for forgiveness every single day, although that was helpful. I finally found health when I stepped out in faith and into community and confessed my sins, not to God, but to another brother in Christ. Right? I found healing for my heart in that way because that's what God's word promises. James chapter 5, verse 16 talks about that. 
Therefore, you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, so that your heart may be healed. And for me, that happened when I got connected to people in a smaller group setting, confessed my sins, and received prayer for healing. And I know that that sounds scary, right? Sharing your sins and your secrets with other people is scary. But here's what happened to me when I took that step. When I went to those brothers in Christ and said, hey, this, this is what I'm dealing with. This is my sin. Watch what, watch what they said. They said, ah, oh, man, me too. I said, I'm struggling in the same thing. And in that moment, walls came down. Fear went away. And we were able to really talk about what was going on in our lives, pray for one another, and get that healing that we needed and desired. Talk about healing. Talk about freedom. And I believe healing for your heart is right around the corner. Right? Almost literally right around the corner by being a part of a growth group. Right? It's real spiritual growth is right around the corner if you commit to community. And we have growth groups all throughout the week um, for you to get plugged into. You can go out to our website, centralcityonline.org, and you can look at all those different groups. Hear this. There is a group for you. There is a group for you. And if you think there isn't one, come talk to us. We'll make one for you, okay? We will create a group for you because we want you to grow. We care about this, right? And again, some of you have already taken that step. You are part of Luke and Lindsay's group. You're part of Wynn and Judy's group. Yeah, you're part of Kiefer, Jean, and Lori's group, right? You come to the young adults open house on Tuesday nights, right? You're getting plugged in, but what's next? What's next? The next step is to walk in purpose, which we communicate by saying, give, give. Right? When we say give, we aren't just talking about our finances, okay? We're talking about giving of yourself, your time, your talents, your spiritual gifts. Because walking in purpose is not about receiving. Walking in purpose is not about receiving, receiving, get, get, get. No, walking in purpose is about giving of yourself to those around you. That's what purpose really looks like. Purpose is when you can recognize the gifts that God has given you, and instead of using those gifts for personal gain, you use them to build somebody else up for their gain. That's purpose. And again, we are here for you. This church family is here for you. We want to help you give and walk in your purpose. Right? We want to help you learn what you are good at and how to use those things to build others up, to serve people for the glory of God. Right? This year of equipping, that's what this is all about, right? to learn how to give and walk in purpose. And some of you are giving. Right? We, have an amazing, uh, we have amazing givers at this church, not only financially, but of your time, your talents. We have an amazing kids team that's serving right now. We have an amazing worship team that just led us in worship. We have an amazing prayer team. We, we have all of these different groups of people who want to serve and give, and you can be a part of those, right? Again, if you don't feel like any of those teams fit you, we can talk about that, but we'll create a team for you, right? If you want to create a team for, I don't know, whatever, just imagine, we'll create a team for you, all right? So we have lots of people giving, walking in purpose, but what's next? What's next? The next step is to make a difference, to make a difference. So when we say go, we mean to make a difference in the world around you. 
When we say go, we mean take all of this loving, growing, and giving that happens right here in this church family and go take it out into the world around you. Don't keep it here. Do it out there, right? Because what do you think is going to happen when a whole group of followers of Jesus, I don't know how many are here, but imagine every single one of us leaving this place, taking our loving, growing, and giving into the world, the neighborhoods, our our, uh, places of work, our schools. What's going to happen? transformation, change. We're going to see the enemy, the the powers of darkness begin to fade, right? The loving, growing, and giving is going to spread to our neighborhoods, workplaces, schools. And like we read in Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, God says, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Do you see this, church? Am I just speaking to empty air? Do you see it? Okay. And the simplest way that you can practice going is, yes, by loving, growing, and giving out there, but by also inviting people to join you in this journey. It's the easiest way you can practice going, right? By going to, to your friends or, or coworkers and saying, you know what? God's really been working in my life. I, I'm knowing God better. I'm walking in purpose. My, my heart's getting healed. I'm making a difference in the world around me. Do you want to join me in that journey? Which sounds cheesy, but who's ever actually tried it before? (laughs) Right? I know that's like a hard kind of, right? But who's actually done it? And you know what? They might say no, but guess what? They're at least going to think about what you said. Because who doesn't want to know God more? Who doesn't want a healed and healthy heart? Who doesn't want to walk in purpose? Who doesn't want to make a difference in the world? That simple invite might be the seed that's planted that God will water and grow. And you know what? Later on, they might come back to you and say, I thought about what you said. Yeah, I I want those things. I'd love to come join you in that journey. I'd love to be a part of your church. So here's what I want to do to kind of wrap our time up together. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I think by now, after all of that, Um, you realize that you are on a journey. God is always inviting us into the what's next that he has for us. And I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that God never says you're done. And I'm thankful that God helps me to see at all times where I am and the next step that I want to take or need to take. But again, God gives us that choice. We can stay right where we are, but we don't have to. We can stay right where we are in whatever step we find ourselves, but we don't have to. God says, here's the next step. So what I want you to do is I just want you to take some time to really reflect on what's been said and ask God, where am I right now today? Maybe you need to bow your head, close your eyes. Maybe you need to get up out of your seat so you don't fall asleep. But whatever you do, just begin asking God, where am I? Do I know you, God? Do I love you? Is my heart healed? Or at least in the process of being healed? Am I walking in purpose for my life? 
Am I making a difference in the world around me? And as the worship team just softly plays in the background, I want you to, again, take some time to identify where you are. And then ask God to show you the next step. Not only that, because I think many of us know where we need to go, but ask the Holy Spirit to give you courage and strength to actually take the step. Faith to take that step and see what God does. So I just want to give you some time to, to reflect on that. And so if you're here today and you realize that, that you want healing, you want purpose in your life, you want to make a difference in the world around you, would you take that first step of loving God this morning? Would you take that first step? Because God already loves you. And he showed his love to you by sending his son Jesus to live the life you couldn't, die the death you should have, and rising in victory over uh, Satan, sin, and death on your behalf. He already showed you his love. He loves you intimately, but he's also given you a way to know and love him intimately too. So if that's you, would you take that step today simply by confessing Jesus as your Savior and Lord? That's the invitation this morning. If you need help with that this morning, uh, then I'd invite you to just step back to one of our prayer team members, Pastor Josh or Lori, and they'd love, they would love to tell you more of what it looks like to take that first step in knowing and loving God. But would you just take that step? Take that step. All right, if you're already here and you're at that step already, but you want more, Again, you can also go back and talk to Pastor Joshua Lori about what's my next step. I know Jesus, but I want more. What does that look like? Right, if you know that, that you need healing in your life, come and talk to us. If you know or want to know what your purpose looks like, come and talk to us. If you want to know how to make a difference in the world, come and talk to us. Right, that's what, why we're here. We're here for you, and we want you to, to receive those things that God has for you. Take the next step. Amen. Can we all stand together? I finally want to just give you the opportunity to remember and love Jesus by taking communion today. Because when we take the bread and the juice, what we're doing is we're remembering all of who Jesus is and everything he's done for us. And when you really Im Im imagine who Jesus is and what he's done for you, you can't help but love Jesus more. You can't help but want to grow in your faith in him. You can't help but want to give of yourself the way he did. You can't help but want to make a difference in the world the way he did. So as we take communion this morning, remember Jesus. And use that as an opportunity to say, I'm taking the next step this morning. So I'm going to pray over the elements and over uh, just the last bit of our time together. Once we're done, please uh, go back. Take someone with you to take communion and just remember Jesus together. Share Jesus together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there's an invitation for each one of us this morning. That not, not one of us, including myself, can say, yep, I've got all four. I'm, doing, I'm awesome. I'm the bomb. Not any of us can be that confident but you're always inviting us into the next step. So God, I pray that you would just seal that in our minds right now and in our hearts. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us with the courage, 
the faith, the power to take that next step. Not just here in this place, but in the world around us. Father, would you bless our time as we take communion and remember you, Jesus. And as we sing one more song of worship and just declaration of of who you are. We thank you, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you. Thank you.